Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean, either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT Cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT Cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched, if I do say so myself. I've noticed that, and I think our listeners have noticed too, because I've been picking up on a bunch of TikTok comments that have been like, you're glowing recently. So hats off to Dime. No one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine. The work system from Dime Beauty has everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special spinoff of SUP. I first just have to say, like, I was craving talking about this show. You guys definitely watch it. I'm somewhat of a newcomer to it. But I needed a space and an outlet to talk about Summer House, talk to Summer House viewers about Summer House. So without further ado, welcome to Summer House Hive. (music) 
Today with me, I have an incredibly special guest. I'm so excited and it really like the synergy and the timing could not be better given all the like Brit drama that's happened in the past 24 hours. Please welcome to the stage, Joe Gunn. Hello, Lara. I can't believe I'm on SUP. This is a DCT, a dream come true. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge fan. You know this. And really happy to be here. Really excited to chat with you about Summer House. I'm so excited to have you. I think you're the funniest person on both Twitter and Instagram. You're videos and your memes have inspired me for years and now your coverage of Danielle Staub watching Real Housewives in New Jersey and then recapping her own experience watching Real Housewives of New Jersey is Pulitzer level Pulitzer Prize level content so thank you for being here honestly I'm screaming first of all thank you for for those compliments Uh, (laughs) I don't know what to say to that but yeah isn't she just endlessly fascinating I mean, she, people throw around the gift that keeps on giving a lot, but Danielle Staub truly is. And just, I don't know who gave her this idea of filming herself watching the show, but it's just chef's kiss. And I don't know, I feel like if I wasn't going to do it, someone was going to do it. I just watch it back each week and I find these bits and put it together. And I'm so (laughs) glad that people are starting to, the momentum is starting to uh, build up and people are are seeing what I'm seeing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, your finger, you have your finger on the pulse for like pop culture moments and especially like Bravo centric housewives or like reality TV moments. And I just like appreciate everything you do. I think it's amazing. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm glad you appreciate it. Um, Before we get into Summer House, I need to talk about the Harry and Meghan Oprah interview. Did you get to watch this? Or did they air it in the UK? Like what's well, going on? Now I feel like I'm just going to let you down right from the jump because I haven't watched it. I'm sure they've aired it in the UK. Um, I'm just, I don't find it really interesting. Obviously, I, I need to form an opinion of this. The, it's awful what I've seen the snippets about the, mm-hmm. let's say it say it with me racism that's going on <laughs> in the royal family and has for uh, centuries yeah not good uh yeah I really wish I had watched it now before so I could break it down with you but I'm so no sorry it's okay I, I didn't even plan on really talking about it but then I figured I was like oh he like this could be great synergy but that aside what is like the what's like the general feeling about Harry and Meghan in the UK like or do people care about the royals like do you and your friends care about the royals or is that like something for older people to care about like what's going on probably the latter me and my friends don't care about the royals I mean mm-hmm. I'm happy for them I guess my feeling <laughs> is that I'm happy for Harry and Meghan for getting out you know it seemed yeah. just awful she was having a horrible time again I I am going to actually I do want to sit down and watch this because I love Oprah I'm a big Oprah fan actually and um it would be Oprah and I think you would get some really good like reaction like I could when I was watching it too I was thinking like in a Joe Gunn meme type of vibe like what would he do with her being like she's like what a lot of the time you'll see so I'm excited to see if you make any content out of this all right let's see what I can (laughs) rustle up (laughs) But yeah, so like young people don't really care about like royal drama. I just wonder what purpose they truly serve and like who cares about them because they seem as like an avid Daily Mail head, like 
obviously they're obsessed with the royal family, but I don't, I've never really gotten it or gotten what they do exactly. So here's the thing. I feel like the Daily Mail readers in the States are different to the Daily Mail readers in the UK. When you say the Daily Mail, a Daily Mail reader in the UK, it is generally an older person, very right wing, let's say it racist, homophobic, you know, they're, they're just <laughs> old like that's where they get their news. That's like their version of like the New York Times or something like that. I guess. Or yeah, like I mean, a, the Daily a Mail news is source. Not the New like York a Fox so- News type of thing. Yeah. So it's okay. the conservative uh, prop- to- like Tory propaganda. And yeah, Daily Mail readers would be anti-Megan and but pro the royal family for sure. But yeah, I guess young people, I mean millennials whatever people my age I'm sure you do have some royalists I don't know why Mm -hmm. but you know each to their own I mean I love Bravo some people don't (laughs) you know so I I don't know what (laughs) um, when you said what purpose does the royal family serve again that's debatable I don't know I'm sure they do a lot of great charity work no they do do great charity work and Mm -hmm. yeah but no I'm completely unqualified to talk about the royal family uh, so apologies <laughs> that my takes are not even lukewarm. They're just <laughs> flaccid takes. <laughs> well, now you're kicked off the podcast. Great work, Joe. And can I just say deserved? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. You've answered a lot of questions by not knowing. You've cleared up a lot for me, actually, which is like my suspicion is confirmed. And I'm glad that you clarified the US versus UK because... I'm definitely not like a conservative reader of the Daily Mail. I mostly read just the sidebar of the Daily Mail for like U.S. celebrity stuff. Sure. And then read like cunty articles they write about whatever because I do appreciate like how rude, like it's like that British type of rudeness that's like polite but really like searingly rude underneath it all. Mm -hmm. So I like that writing style. We'll move on to bigger and better things and more American things, namely a house in the Hamptons where a bunch of friends are going to live for six weeks. Yes. When did you start watching Summer House? Were you in from the jump or were you a late bloomer? What was your journey? I mean, take it for what it is. I'm a day one. I was in from the the Vanderpump Rules, uh, you know, segue into it where we were all you know Beverly Hills housewife mm-hmm. style tricked into watching it and yeah I'm right there from in the hot tub with Kyle and and Stassi 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 um uh <laughs> you know with the uh, Steve Jobs turtleneck in, in the hot tub and the workers twins and I don't know if any of these names mean anything to you because um I'm interested what did you give it a go when it first came on I was really resentful of like them trying to trick us into watching it. And I didn't, I really was so anti summer house for so long. And people told me all the time to like, I have to, I, I need to get into it. So good. And I just refused. And then something shifted last year and I started, I started watching season three because I didn't like the work as twins. And like I was really on the fence about Lindsay and I just like didn't get it. And then I started when Paige and Hannah got into the house and then I was hooked. And then I started I caught up with all of season three and then watched season four in like real time. I feel like that's a similar journey to a lot of people actually Um, in the summer house fandom. It is known that 
season three was a turning point. They did the shake up with the cast, uh, kicked people out, added people in. And it's people often say it's a completely diff- different show to what it was in seasons mm-hmm. one and two. Uh, so, yeah. Do you like it? I love it. I think it's like it's t- true escapist entertainment. Like I like. I like that it's not as dark as Vanderpump Rules because you really can only have one like obelisk of darkness in the Bravo mix and Vanderpump Rules has like they do so much to really hold the reins on that. And so Summer House to me feels like fun. There's drama, but it's not like life or death style drama. It seems like the people present like they have their shit together somewhat or they have some sort of like career ambitions or they're hustling hard to play on the weekends. And even if that's a lie, I buy it. And I like I like the I agree to buy into the lie. And so to me, it feels very like fun and light and juicy. So I like it for that. I agree with everything you said. And it's so funny, the work interstitials it's just just say something about data um there's one point where i mean we'll get to it but carl is on the phone hey mario how are we doing and this guy just shouts at him down the phone yeah the boys are um at like 7 30 we're ready to go we're ready to rock and roll mario was too lit in that moment i want more of mario <laughs> me too i need to know like he's like at least four adderall deep oh at, like at 9 a.m just ready to fucking rock on a friday as well <laughs> <laughs> um so the show opens up and everyone has had enough of quarantine and they're kind of recapping their covid experiences and we find out like kyle and amanda have spent a lot of time together. They've had like a rough go of it, but have come out stronger. Carl reveals that he had COVID, but he didn't realize it until he tested positive for the antibodies because he just thought he was in like a perma hangover. (laughs) Carl's alcoholism, I'm glad that he's like starting to address it because it does seem like he has a pretty bad drinking problem. Yeah. He he explains his rock bottom later on, which is... I don't buy it. I don't buy that his rock bottom was turning up to a dinner with his friends and falling asleep at the table. I feel like that's a a very tame story. Something else happened that night, you know? Yeah, that's like a little too... That seems very like run-of-the-mill behavior for him, like not out of the norm of what we saw in previous seasons. But to not know that you had the coronavirus, it's... Yeah, he must be in Kristen doty level hangover permanently and just to not even hit you know i can't imagine (laughs) yeah like how much are you drinking to be like i've been hungover for two days before and that was like horrible and also a time when i really decided to start reevaluating my own drinking but a hangover that goes like beyond two days and for you to not think that that could be some other sort of sickness or even part of a pandemic that has taken over the globe at large like you must be drinking so often and so much (laughs) that it's like what I I don't get it I love just being like I'm hungover and that's just the deal I guess and we get his hungover selfie where it's Mm -hmm. he's got the coronavirus it's not a hangover (laughs) Um, this bubble 
is truly also the dream to me. And I feel like right off the bat, Summer House is doing what it does so well, which is like, I'm like, I would have loved to have a house in the Hamptons with like a handful of my closest friends just to live for six weeks and like make oven pizzas, play Pictionary and just like swim. It's a great gig on the face of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Can we talk about the house? I just have a theory about the house. Yeah, tell me everything you think. And it's kind of a little, just go with me. I think the house was built by the devil because (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's very chaotic. Okay, the kitchen is upstairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another chaotic thing is the, it's so steep. There's so many steps you have to climb up to get to the actual house, to get to the front door. And that's wild to me. But I think it's the reason I've got this theory is because I recently watched a really bad film called You Should Have Left with Amanda Seyfried and Footloose, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. It's a re- I haven't seen it. Do I need to watch it? I was slightly intrigued, but then I also was like, this could be a flop. Total flop. Uh, I felt, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I actually, it's one of those films that I regretted watching, you know, um, but <laughs> It's essentially, spoiler alert for, for people who, who want to go and watch this film, but it's essentially about a house in Wales, UK, that the devil built and it's had <laughs> many reincarnations. So let, I'm just going to read you a bit from the synopsis. So in you, should, in you Should Have Left, the house finds people who are destined for hell due to their sins. The land the house is built on used to be the location of a tower built by the devil himself to trap souls before it was destroyed by God. Ever since, houses have continued to populate that land and draw in vacationers, some of whom never leave. The devil lures in these people with extreme guilt and keeps them prisoners to claim their souls for hell. (laughs) It's got a a similar aesthetic to the summer house. Okay. I just feel like the location scouts knew exactly what they were doing by choosing this house that is just designed. To me, the kitchen being upstairs is really unsettling. And I don't know what that's about. Do you agree? I agree. And I can't, I still haven't wrapped my head around what the layout of the house truly is. And you're right. It's like, okay, so the kitchen is the top floor and that's also where Kyle and Amanda's room is, like the master bedroom and kitchen. Yep. Then on the middle floor, you walk into the a, a huge dining area, which also feels chaotic. Like it's not an entrance, but it's just like a long dining table, which is also very satanic. And then below is like Paige and Hannah's room with a sauna. And then it's with a sauna and it's kind of basement like it seems like it's underground or something like that yeah it's a it is the house the devil built and there's lots of guilt there's lots of guilt going on thank you so I'm thinking is this in the same universe possibly I think you're really onto something yeah and there are just like so many steps and Carl almost fell down the stairs once yes and also remember when Lindsay was looking around she's like this is a house that's like used for a lot of parties, but I've actually never been inside. That's also a key 
yeah, why hasn't she been inside yet? It's because maybe she's yeah. not ready. She hasn't done the thing that needs to get her into the... Um... She hasn't been called to the devil's lair yet. <laughs> she's not been summoned. <laughs> but just when the groceries arrived and they had to haul them upstairs and, yeah, Carl nearly fell down. I mean, he could have died. Anyway, Paige uh, yeah. loves the energy, though. Which Paige loves it there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think her, like, her and Hannah's room, I would either want that one or I would want Kyle and Amanda's room. Yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone will want the, the primary. I'm not sure how politically correct Master is to say these days, but the biggest room in the house, you know, the main room. Everyone the biggest would want room, that. yeah. And I think they were kind of it's... justified because they had moved their office there and they needed an office space. But... Oh, true, yeah. And like, I just, I'm always having a chip on my shoulder against like engaged couples getting precedence. Oh, like why? Just because you're like engaged or like married, you then automatically get the biggest bedroom. That to me is like, we should abolish that. Yeah, it's true. You've got a point. Like couples privilege, like get over it. Just take another room. I get their, their office set up. I that wasn't taking that into account. So I'll give them the pass on that. But I'm out here just fighting for no couple, no more couples privilege. I'm fighting right there with you. <laughs> do you think Kyle and Amanda belong together? How do you feel about their partnership? So they had a tough quarantine as it transpires. All these couples did. You know, we haven't even got to... <laughs> to Paige and, pa- and Perry yet um so let me see commander I've called them in my notes so um uh Amanda explains they basically nearly broke up in quarantine they hit their lowest of lows and it was got to the point she says are we going to walk away or are we going to fix this and we're stronger than we've ever been I don't know. There's something about someone saying that we're stronger than we've ever been that I just don't believe them. And I do think that because they've built this business now, a really successful business, like this is on the precipice of skinny girl level, you mm-hmm. know, like these products are literally flying off the shelves and the merch was a really great move. And so I feel like it's almost a business, you know, I'm not saying what they have isn't real, but it definitely makes sense for them to stay together just to make all this money and be the business. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree? There are a lot of stakes now in their relationship, but then I also kind of think back, like they, they definitely gave me shades of like a Katie and Tom kind of relationship, like to take it back to a place of Vanderpump rules. Like at times Watching them, I was like, this is so bad for both of them. Like, they really don't need to, like, be doing this. But now, yeah, I guess their relationship is a brand in a lot of ways or is, like, part of the brand. So, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I see them together, like, long term. And I feel like they're one of those couples that they have to go through just, like, the worst periods of hating each other. And they weirdly do come out stronger after it. And I don't know if that like all couples can function in that way. But I feel like that's like a a quintessential part of their relationship is having these like dip periods and then like reemerging from them. Would I want that relationship? Absolutely not. <laughs> but like, does it work for them? Seemingly, yes. You've got some points. And never forget that you didn't watch season one, but Amanda was originally on the show as Kyle's ex. 
you know, that would, they would be booty calling late at night. I can't believe I just said that. I never say that word. But, you know, they would be <laughs> texting that she would come over late at night, you know, as the, um, yeah, they can't um, keep away from each other. But she was definitely like the ex. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, good for them with this business. And I mean, they get, it's not a spoiler because they show it in the preview. They get married on the show, apparently officiated by mm-hmm. Carl. So they're in <laughs> Romance. <it>. <laughs> and that's honestly like the best decision because I feel like something like, I feel like the wedding and the engagement and stuff like was a pressure point for their relationship. If I'm remembering correctly from like past seasons that like, if you can just eliminate that stress factor and just get married and call it a day casually, then all the better. Yeah. Way less to worry about. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Steven and Lindsay because I don't think I'm not totally I'm not totally caught up yet on this season, but I know just from like Twitter that shit goes down with them. But I'm I'm obsessed with Lindsay. I think she's like the the best worst person to watch on TV. Like she is she's chaotic. She's reactive. She's like perfect reality television. And I don't know if she and Steven are gonna make it i'm just keep watching i mean you know i am so glad that you are a Lindsay stan because i kind of knew it huge Lindsay head yeah she i'm a i'm a hubcap as <laughs> as my friend dan um coined the term and he also coined oh my the, god that's genius he also coined the term batula hoop for amanda batula uh, so. oh my god batula hoops we gather hubcaps we ride yes okay i'm a hubcap through and through she is a star and i don't know she's an og been there since day one and yes yeah, so watchable I just I love her voice I love her mannerisms I love how petty she is and but I'm also kind of ride or die for her like I'm definitely on Lindsay's side and we'll get to it the Lindsay Hannah of it all but so with Lindsay and Stravi as they call him um she can't believe they made it out of this quarantine and that he's still coming to the house with her um so Lindsay says I light the fire under Stephen's ass and he picks me out of the ceiling fan can you make head nor tail of what that meant no Mm -mm. I that sounded violent to me it sounded bloody and it sounded if someone needs to pick you out of the ceiling fan I think maybe you need to do something to where you don't end up in the ceiling fan in the first place (laughs) I guess it's like she probably wanted to link it to the analogy of you know sh- the shit hit the fan and she's the firecracker and it's all going off and he like he grounds her I don't know but um yeah. yeah he does seem like a grounding energy to her like he does have he manages to keep it like extremely even keeled I think I've watched like the first three episodes of the season so far and like I'm shocked that he's able to kind of like put up with her as much as he does and maintain some semblance of like patience but yeah I just don't know if I see them in the long term I don't know he he's definitely not let's talk about um, Lindsay's timeline okay she had a very specific Mm -hmm. timeline she just 
I don't think she really cares who the guy is. She just wants the ring. Like that, this, she's got his name on the timeline, but it could be any name. It could be sort of like blank, insert name here. So it's like, she wants the ring, the kids and the pregnant by 36. Mm -hmm. And the ring, the wedding, be pregnant by 36. And uh, yeah, I honestly think that could be anyone. And she's just sort of, he won her over and you'll get to it. The next episode that you're going to catch up with, she says, well, you got the girl, you know, because you, you ticked all these boxes, you pushed all these buttons, but she wants to be continuously wooed. And, you know, you'll see the birthday party she didn't, she throws for him, he throws for her. She completely wasn't impressed by. And yeah. <laughs> saw just a screen grab of her facial expression and I was like oh no it's oh like Lindsay's not happy nobody's happy but I think Lindsay needs like she needs like a Mr. Big type of person or like a like an older she needs like an older man I can see that yeah I'd, I'd love that for her actually but um who would sweep her off her feet and like and I guess like be like a also a big personality it's hard because it's like she is if I think of her as like a fierce independent woman and I think it's hard when you have a personality and like a vibe like hers to really find the person that's going to be able to be your equal or like make you really happy because you're just you're so big and you give yourself you give yourself a lot already and you expect your partner to like match you at that level. And I just think that Stravi, Stravi, as you call him, and as the people, is that his last name? I guess so. It's probably Strava something and they call it Stravi. Okay, or and maybe... then everyone calls him Stravi. I like that nickname, but um, I just think that he's like too mellow. Yeah, and yeah, so I mean, there is the argument that you know, it's yin and yang and you need, um, you know, opposites attract. But yeah, I definitely think she needs someone with more. Yeah, I could, I completely agree with you. Uh, an older guy, uh, not necessarily like wealthy, but that would, I would love that for her. Like a, Chris, uh, mm-hmm. a Christine, a Christine Quinn journey where she just <laughs> meets this billionaire and just travels the world. I'd love that for Lindsay. Yeah, and gets treated like a queen. And like, I think... She probably gets very caught up in romance and like the initial stages of the relationship are the most exciting for her. And so when that wears off and then you're just with a person and it's not like butterflies and excitement all the time, it starts to feel less desirable. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah, I think so too. So I hope that she like adjusts her timeline for life. (laughs) She's going to have to. (laughs) Yeah. And just like chills, because honestly, in this day and age, you can have a baby whenever, like just freeze your eggs and like call it a debt. Like it's going to be okay. You don't need to be like that much pressure on yourself for this. She needs to like not have like she can't put herself in that box because she already is out. She's living outside of the box anyway. She's not meant to be adhering to any sort of timeline. You can't put Lindsay Hubbard in a box. No. All the hubcaps know. <laughs> okay, Paige and Perry. I don't also don't. I feel like their days are numbered, and I'm actually shocked that they're still together in this season. So Perry is not spending the summer, um, and yeah, I d- I have 
a confession. I think it was either last season. Yeah, I think most of last season I basically didn't watch for whatever reason. So I'm, you know, I'm not completely clued up on the narrative and the step by step of how this happened. But just the vibe I'm getting is that she does not care about this man. Yeah, you're and such I a good valet. That's like, <laughs> that's like what she was saying, kind of last season too, where it seemed very lukewarm and like he, I. He wasn't really featured on the show last season, but was like referred to a lot. And I think it's probably good for their relationship that he's not on the show. But I'm also just like, you're not into this guy. Like, I think she's probably into the fact that he like drives a G wagon and like seemingly is like wealthy, which is great and cool. But and they look great together. They take amazing photos together. But Which is very important for Paige. She's all about that extremely aesthetic. Extremely important. And yeah. I feel like it's similar to Lindsay. I feel like she genuinely, genuinely was into Perry and was just had the rose tinted glasses on and was, uh, you know, in the thr- throes of love and a new relationship. And then, you know, the pandemic happened and they were forced together and they didn't have a good time. She, later in the episode, she reveals that they nearly broke up twice and they actually didn't, didn't talk to each other for two entire weeks. And that just <laughs> says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> and God, honestly, like COVID has fucked a lot of things up, obviously. But one thing that it's kind of made me happy about is like, be like, I think I've been happy to have been single for most of if well for most of I'm like if all of the pandemic like I think 100% yeah I think that it was like a really divine thing to have not had any love interests this entire time I couldn't have imagined it you know as Whoopi Goldberg said I don't want someone in my house you know and especially not (laughs) in a (laughs) pandemic in a pandemic So Paige hugs him goodbye. She says, okay, I love you. I just put, no, you don't. He doesn't even say hi to the cast, but I thought maybe that's more of a, the COVID um, production rules as opposed to him being just a dick who didn't even want to um, show his, put his face through the door to say hi. Um, so Paige says, I, th- I spent three months with Perry. I need a break. We get home footage of Paige filming herself in the mirror on the lawn. And then we see that Perry <laughs> is holding it up for her. And he's like, do you want it up more? um i love every fashion blogger and like instagram influencer behind every influencer there is a partner taking their photos and videos for them and i feel like i would love to see the like curtains pulled back on that element of these relationships because like Usually these women, and it's usually like the female influencers have like a boyfriend or a partner who's like filming everything. And it's such a fascinating relationship dynamic to me. I think that's a big part of what Paige is in this relationship for, is to have someone to take the photos, to angle the mirrors, to to do this and that. And I feel like in that two weeks when they were broken up and not speaking to each other, I feel like she might have even been the one to instigate them getting back together because she had these brands wanting her to put this content out but she's like I, I can't <laughs> can't do it without Perry so she's just being completely fake and um got got back together just for that reason alone which you know it is what it is but I completely think she doesn't care if this man lives or dies I mean maybe not that far but you know 
Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, and I'm like, what will it take to see their relationship either take it to the next step or like fall through? Oh, this this doesn't have legs. I'm not. I don't see this going anywhere, and you know, even and even in- if it's just like a plot point, like even if the producers are like, okay, like what are you going to talk about this season? She's like, well, I could talk about like being on the fence about the whole Perry thing. Like, even if that's a production thing, it still is kind of, like, weird. Even if she had, like, a talk with him in their relationship and she's like, look, I love you a lot, but, like, I'm going to go on the show and say that I, like, don't know if I want to be with you. There still has to be, like, some truth to that underneath. Like, I would not feel comfortable if I was dating someone and dropped them off at the summer house to film their show and then they were like... I really don't know if like Lara is the one for me. Like, don't you ever question that? I'd be like, I hate this and we're breaking up. I would, unless he's just a really, he's, unless he's built differently from you and I, Lara, and he just, he can put up with this because he does see this as her job and she's got to do what she's got to do. And I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a particularly great storyline, but if that's all she's got, then have at it but in the in the preview she even they try to make it look like she fucks carl mm-hmm. um, no so, i don't no, think I, that's don't, yeah. gonna happen yeah <laughs> i mean i could see them maybe like making out or something but i feel like we've already been through like the page and carl making out in the pantry and her really trying to decide if this is someone she wants to date or not and i think Paige does have really high standards, which is why she's with a guy like Perry, who clearly, like, it seems like he kind of worships her, loves her, and, like, gives her a lot of respect and attention. So I don't think, I don't think anything with Carl is really going to happen. No, I think you're probably right. I think it's just a, a tease for us. But they're laying the foundations. You know, the first thing she says to Carl is, you look good and, you know, you're glowing. So that, you know, they're, I see, what they, I see what they're doing. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean, either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT Cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT Cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched if I do say so myself. I've noticed that and I think our listeners have noticed too because I've been picking up on a bunch of TikTok comments that have been like, you're glowing recently. So hats off to Dime. No one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine. The work system from Dime Beauty has everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. 
Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know that hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine? That is where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement, unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code SEXYUNIQUE at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry! Your hair and skin will thank you. Sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, Princess Diana. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sydney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? Give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos and you will rise to the top of the heap and you will be deified and worshipped for the rest of your days walking this planet. Because as anyone who has siblings know, that's the only goal on Mother's Day is to be the favorite. And if you're an only child, you're still competing with all your other extended family members. And it's important to wage a war and come out on top. If you're an only child, you're also at war with yourself. So what you can do is get your mother or the preeminent mother figure in your life an aura frame. You load it up with photos. It's literally the easiest thing to do. And I know that you might be thinking, ew, digital frames are bleak. But I'm telling you, this aura frame is chic. And the best part is it has unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app so you can keep updating your mother or mother figure's frame with new photos. So it's the gift that keeps on giving and uploading. I gave my mom an Aura frame, and she had resisted for so long because she's truly anti-technology like barely even understands how to facetime and i said just let me just let me and i set it all up for her i plugged it in i fired up the app i preloaded pictures on it and now she's so into it that she figured out how to preload pictures and even runs it from her app which is truly saying a lot because she refuses to download apps she thinks everyone's spying on her stealing her data and the fact that i was able to break through and she literally loves this frame like loaded it up with pictures of her cat i was like we did it joe Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. 
That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code SUP at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So Lindsay and Hannah, Hannah arrives at the house and Lindsay gives her a very cold hello and then just like walks outside with Danielle and it comes out that Lindsay threw a New Year's Eve party, didn't invite Hannah, but invited Luke and then encouraged, according to Hannah, encouraged Danielle to hook up with Luke. And so Hannah's really pissed. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Lindsay later on completely denies that this happened. Um, so Hannah is just, she doesn't know what she's done to deserve this treatment. <laughs> And just, I laughed so hard when it was revealed what the reason was, why Lindsay uh, was giving her the cold shoulder. It's because of this podcast. It was so good. Because of a podcast, yeah. Like she. It was just so funny and so petty (laughs) and so Lindsay. Well, you just don't do that to Lindsay. And like, I love these meta moments when like real life things that happen off the show get like talked about on the show because I do think that's like a real thing that would cause drama between people and like Hannah like you realize watching this episode and like continuing to watch in the season that like Luke and Hannah's feelings for Luke are at the center of all the drama that she has with anyone like he has taken over her life and her headspace in a very damaging way I think and she's like given him like she's essentially like given her power away to him and it's hard to watch because like last season I was like loving watching Hannah flirt with Luke and like kind of tease him and string him along and I I I interpreted her behavior and actions as like really confident and like I was like, I'm inspired by this like confident, flirty, sexy woman. And then this season, it feels like the total 180 of that. And that she's like obsessed with him. He like, she, it's like her thoughts are all about him. And then any conflict that arises is because of her feelings about him. And it's just like, it's sad to watch the tables turn in that way. I love that you were inspired by Hannah Burner and like you you admired her but and I don't want to take away from that but I would argue just to play devil <laughs> devil's advocate in the devil's house um yes. I would argue that she's always been this way and she was playing the cool girl mm-hmm. and she you know I, I just could I through the through the screen my interpretation of Hannah Burner is that she is insecure and needy and then she is but she's the funny girl and she she doesn't care she I don't know I feel you know we all know what the cool girl is I don't need to explain this you know go and watch Gone Girl but yeah that so but yeah you could be right though and but no what you know I'm I'm with you like the ruse you realize now watching or I realize at least watching this season that it was that it was like a ruse or an act that was being put on and then now kind of the true like nature the darkness the cracks are showing in a huge way yeah yeah Uh, and so now I'm like oh damn like here we go 
but yeah all hannah talks about is luke or at least it's edited that Mm -hmm. way every single conversation that she has on camera is about luke and it's sad to see because i know what you mean because she is a a strong woman you know she can be and it's just yeah i don't know but this whole this whole situation of she's been she keeps saying she's been alone with her parents and her five cats and she hasn't had any human interaction and i just feel like it's a a melting pot and a recipe for this kind of breakdown and she does end up breaking down in the coming episodes and yeah he's really yeah. messed with her and no i don't like to see a man reducing a woman to this yeah and i don't like seeing a woman like allowing themselves to get reduced to that and i know like i mean i've been there too where it's like you get obsessed with someone and you're like in this weird you're in a weird space where you're talking and things are intimate but you're not together but like for me i have about a bandwidth of maybe a month of that kind of like dating thing and then it's like I'm done with this like I'm not gonna like letting it drag on for seven to nine months or however long it's been it's like you've got to call it girl like if it's not you don't just like you're not dating someone if you can't say whether or not you're dating someone and it's been six plus months or even really three plus months unless we forget they haven't even had sex and Hannah yeah, says, so you know, I'm sorry, not it's not dating. my fault he has intimacy issues. Sorry, but if I'm, I don't know if it's generalization, but if a man wants to have sex to you, with you, he would have had sex with you by now. Yeah, that's one thing we know for sure. <laughs> and so Luke gets called by the whole house when they're trying to decide on rooms and says he won't be there anytime soon because he's not feeling so good. And then like, in a weird way mentions like he's bringing a friend but like doesn't say her name and I can't tell if like he's being edited shadily or if like he really is this shady of a person see I didn't know when I first watched it was was that because the production had told him to keep this friend's identity um shrouded in mystery so they could do the big reveal later where he turns up with this beautiful woman sierra <laughs> but they all know that she's been cast they all know who signed the contract yeah. for the show and danielle i don't know whether she hasn't because danielle seems to me danielle we've got to talk about danielle love danielle do you love danielle <laughs> I mean, she's just always been there. So now I I expect her to be there and I feel comforted by her presence. But she really is a go girl, give us nothing kind of energy. Like she doesn't further any plot lines. She has good like facial reactions. And but like, I appreciate her just being there. Like, I'm not mad at it. 100%. And honestly, there's nothing. She's living her best life. She's on a schedule. She's got this job. She's she's gorgeous. But I don't know. But she seems like she's just on the outs, but she doesn't really care. You know, she's laughing. She's getting paid to do this. And mm-hmm. but so I don't know whether she wasn't briefed by production or she just didn't care. And she thought this is my moment to like throw a spanner in the books. But she goes, oh, it's Sierra, right? <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> And then, you know, that causes, I've called them, I don't know whether this is West Hamptons they're in, but I call them the witches of, the witches of Weeham, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Amanda Page and Hannah, that causes them to scatter and talk about that Luke's been spending time with Sierra. So yeah, but they're getting tested, right? Because Luke's got a temperature or something. 
Luke's got a temperature. He has like an ear infection or something's going on and everyone's unclear on whether or not he has COVID. But then he's like with Sierra, who we then find out is like the most beautiful woman in the world. And then also like an aunt, like a traveling nurse who's been like helping people during COVID. So it literally is just like games fucking over. Like if a guy brings a supermodel into the house and he's been like, kind of shacked up with her and they've hooked up before he's obviously into her and I would just be throwing in the towel at that point I'd be like all right like love this and like how can I help you two find love with each other like I wouldn't even fight it anymore yeah but uh Hannah is not one to go down without a fight but she does tell the girls that I promise you they've hooked up. I promise you. <laughs> and But it's so weird. Like did so she's maintaining that she's been talking to Luke every day, every day for seven months and he's never told her that he even had a friend named Sierra or like was like with someone named Sierra. Like she's never heard of Sierra in the entire time that they've been talking. Which if that's true, you know, Luke is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, like the more I watch, the more it seems like Hannah has had like a blown out of proportion idea of what this relationship truly was. And like Luke didn't do much to kind of set her straight. Like I think he likes the attention uh, and like likes having like a fun, pretty girl to talk to whenever he feels like it. But like I I'm just confused at Hannah's like confusion about what this really was. Yeah. I mean, it's got to suck. And she, so when, no, that's later. I'll get, we'll get to that. But I said that Amanda and Paige are like the Greek chorus because Amanda is shocked because Hannah goes, it's become clearer and clearer that I don't think I can date him. And Amanda is like, we're still considering it. Like, what the fuck? So these are friends yeah. that are trying to have been all this time and all probably all through last season have been steering her away from him. And um, but she's still under his spell, and it's it's sad to see. But uh, I can I do uh, um, empathize with Amanda, who's probably getting irritated at this point, and even Paige is like, this this woman is. Um, it's like if Naomi Campbell and Mother Teresa had a baby <laughs> and here in walks Sierra. <laughs> so I was kind of like, Paige, whose yeah. side are you on? But I know Paige seems to be like having like a turncoat moment, but I'm like, I'm into it. I love and that's something I love about the show, too, is that they kind of all freely talk shit about each other and like they won't mince words. So that's an important element. But yeah, I'm like, I don't understand like how hannah could even still be questioning at this point if a guy if you know even a guy's just been hanging out with a girl and he's coming it's like there you don't want to date him because he clearly doesn't want to date you otherwise he wouldn't be bringing a beautiful woman to this house it's sad it's so yeah i don't want to say that she's deluded and it's all in her head because that's almost side you with the gaslighter you know and it's Mm -hmm. uh luke definitely had some part to play in and knows that if he doesn't know what he's doing i think that's called a sociopath not quite sure but um Mm -hmm. yeah that's my stance um carl says he hasn't been drinking which is good 
He admits that he used alcohol as a therapist and he was having a hard time getting over his parents' divorce. And like, um, I'm happy for him. I feel like being in the summer house for six weeks and as like a newly sober-ish person or sober curious person would be a very hard endeavor. But looking forward to seeing how he handles himself. I love the phrase sober curious. And it's so true because he is, he's not saying that he, he's, he hasn't said, I am an alcoholic. And he does say later on in the episodes, I have a few sips here and there. But he's still, mm-hmm. he's still very aware of that urge and that need to just get drunk, get blackout, because he doesn't want to confront all these emotions about his, um, not to diminish it, but I don't know, he's a fully grown adult. And <laughs> like my parents got divorced and it, maybe it's, it's just me. Like I did, that wouldn't affect me that much. So I think a lot of it is more to do with, as we know, it's very tragic to do with the brother and Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of like family dynamics or just like darkness kind of coming to the surface. And that's always been part of the allure for me with Carl is because he does seem kind of like one of those damaged guys that presents as like kind of hot or confident or this like player type but then you as a woman would hope that like you meet him and like he confides in you and like then he like works out his demons or like you could help him somehow and I think that that's never gonna that's never true like they have to just like do it themselves but it seems like he's making like baby steps in some sort of more positive healthy direction yeah and he's definitely getting the the edit this is his redemption season and he he seems like he's this reformed fuck boy and as i say it gets tragic it gets sad for carl um so i can't really say much about him i like i've always thought you know before this season he's just a douchebag i never even thought he was that hot it's just a case of taste but I can see that how he could be charming. And yeah, you're right. It's the age old story of I can fix him. Mm-hmm. Or if he just met me, like we could have a talk and things would be different. But yeah, you should, if you ever think that about someone, you need to like really just stop and check in with yourself and then tell yourself the truth, which is that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, We find out that Danielle kissed Luke. And he said that he was still into his girlfriend. Like they, he kissed her back for a second and then pulled away. And then he was like, I'm into my ex-girlfriend or I have complicated feelings. And like, I can't do this. So that's like the extent of Danielle and Luke's hookup. The extent of Danielle's entire story, storyline <laughs> for the whole season. <laughs> Apart from her and her what is it a fake bulldog called charlie (laughs) yeah i don't understand the char i was like oh this guy is still here who i guess has been around in past seasons too like is her uh talisman in a way that she brings to the (laughs) the house of the devil to protect her maybe this is like her protective thing where she's not gonna get sucked in to the house's dark machinations because she has charlie there to provide like the barrier between her and hell. I did like how Danielle just didn't really care. Um, I don't know. She's like, yeah, I kissed. Yeah, I kissed. Um, who is it she kissed? Carl. L- 
no, Luke. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> All these fuck boys. Um, yeah, I kiss Luke. Um, yeah, she does say it was a. What did she say? It was humiliating. That he basically, she basically went in to kiss him, and um, he kissed her for a couple of seconds, but then she was ultimately rejected. <laughs> Bless Danielle. Yeah, and she's just like, okay, I guess I'm going to move on, which is <laughs> what because she's you should so do smart. in that situation. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like a pretty well adjusted woman. And like, I love them all having to like go to bed. Like, they go to bed early. They're cleaning up the house. It's and a then I. Right? This is a weeknight. And we see them like get up the next morning all at 7 30. And I don't know why, but I'm obsessed with watching them like work. I feel like it's like, I guess maybe because I don't have a typical job. Like, the or like a weekly schedule like a nine to five and so seeing them like on their zoom calls and like seeing carl deal with mario and like Lindsay being like what is the quote for food and dining magazine like i like i crave that <laughs> so good Lindsay was fully activated as she says at seven thirty a.m um, mm-hmm. We get that the cooker is broken, the, the the stove is broken, which is another little chaotic thing. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a producer sort of snipping the wires behind just to just to make add in some chaos there. And they have to use a toaster. True. Oven. I'm in, really invested in the storyline of the stove. Me too. Me too. Like even when the guy like in the in future episodes like comes to try and fix it, like I'm just like I'm really into this stove being broken as like a thing. Like this is my new puppy gate where like some people like really didn't care for puppy gate and I was riveted the entire time. Love that for you. But yeah, they're all but I do have a point that um so they moved their entire office to the Hamptons. That's why they wanted the the biggest bedroom. But then um Kyle is still working at the kitchen table so I thought hmm, you know, at least go and use utilize this massive room that you've said you need for office space yeah and like all your stuff like your merch boxes and all the like lover boy boxes are out in the public like shared space yeah so... and, but you know what friends supporting friends they've all every basically every shot they've always got a can of lover boy in their hands so I don't know whether they've all mm-hmm. got shares in it like maybe he gifted them some shares or they've all they're all just in on this but I do that enjoy cool. seeing that. Yeah, I like I like how supportive they are. I've said never tried a lover boy. I'm not one for like a canned flavored beverage no. of that sort. Like they just don't do it for me, but I love their love for it. And I was sad to have missed out on like the lover boy merch because there there was a shirt that I was wanting to buy. I just couldn't I didn't pull the trigger in time. Oh, no. Um, I love Hannah and Paige watching them work as opposed to the other ones because it's like everyone's talking about data and like activating phone calls and getting quotes and then it cuts to Hannah and Paige at 11 a.m. in bed just like on their phones and as like a pot as a podcaster with a non-traditional schedule I appreciate the representation that I'm seeing yeah of our kind me too as a furloughed flight attendant me too (laughs) (laughs) The girls are hanging out by the pool and we get a little more insight into Paige's relationship with Perry. And she's asking if like Amanda ever doubted her relationship with Kyle or doubted that Kyle was the one for her. And we find out that Amanda never doubted that Kyle was her perfect fit. And I love that for them. I love that. You know what? Maybe they are soulmates. I mean... 
I kind of think that like if they're because I have watched some of season one I'm like now going back and like continuing because I want to watch seasons one and two because in, in full because I never watched them when they were on but like there's something about Kyle and Amanda and I think it's like that specific kind of couple that has such a rocky road to like getting the relationship started back up that that becomes a huge part of their love story in a way. And like, there's some couples that that's like their love language with each other. This like, will they or won't they? And like fighting all the time. But I don't think in the same, like, I don't think that's the case necessarily with like someone like Katie and Tom, you know, or like, but I feel like maybe with Stassi and Jax, that could have been, if they had had their shit together more, if Jax had had his shit together more and wasn't like a total psycho, like that could have been their trajectory as well. There's always a spark with Stassi and Jax that will never, ever go out. There's, you can Mm -hmm. see it leaps off the screen whenever they're in a scene together. Yeah. And like Kyle and Amanda don't have the spark, but they do have that magnetic pull to each other. And like, they've had to like reconcile that but that becomes part of like it's like its own relationship within their relationship 100%. so i just believe in them unless we forget an extremely lucrative business venture <laughs> so. yeah so there's that too <laughs> can i just say that Paige says that uh no what amanda says not having to go into the office is like life-changing Paige, completely unrelated to what amanda just said well, because I know you love cheese. There's a cheese shop that we need to go to in Amagansett. <laughs> and Amanda just goes, soft cheese is my jam. Paige says, some of mine and Perry's biggest fights have been over cheese because I'm allergic to it. <laughs> and then Paige says, I could picture myself marrying Perry, but she's not. She doesn't think she's ready because she still wants to see the world, do stuff and tick things off her bucket list before she, I guess she sees it as being changed to Perry for the rest of her yeah, life. Yeah, and does he need to have kids right away he's must be pretty a lot older than she is is he like in his 30s or like late 30s the or... way i know nothing about perry because i guess i didn't watch last season so i don't know what he does for a living i don't know how old he is i've literally just seen this clip of her dropping him dropping her off at he's the a mystery house. he's an enigma the mysteries of perry yeah <laughs> wrapped in a riddle and yeah like cheese. i guess maybe he's Maybe he's older and she feels like if they get married, she's going to have to like push out babies right away or something. But I'm also like, you seem to travel a lot together. Like there's photo, like you seem to have a pretty good life together. So I I don't think Paige is going to have kids until she's in her 40s. She seems, I don't know if you see this, but I made an observation. She said something sort of like quippy and I thought, but it was like chilled. And I thought she is Bethany Bethany Frankel on Xanax. Do you get that vibe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. There's some stuff that she does. Like, I think it was like when she's talking about Hannah and Luke and she's sipping her rosé and she's like, I, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, I had a Bethany spark. Hannah gets FaceTimed by Luke. She's never been happier to have his attention and then like leaps up to take the FaceTime. And this was when it was like very apparent to me that she's completely given him all of her power. Maybe Luke, if your theory is this is the devil's house, my theory is that Luke is the devil. He has that bearded, like he looks like he could be like part, like have hooves. You know what I mean? 
would thou like to live deliciously? <laughs> <laughs> the bitch. Yes, the witch vibes. So everyone, Luke says he's going to be there later. He has a friend coming, Sierra. And like Hannah, you can tell, is like somewhat devastated by that, but really doesn't know true devastation until supermodel slash nurse Sierra walks through the door. Um, Everyone has gotten toaster ovens to make pizza. Carl is talking about learning how to manage wanting to get drunk, to which I say, good luck. <laughs> um, and then Lindsay and Hannah go downstairs to the entryway to talk out their drama. And I was glad to see them, like, figure it out or whatever. Yeah. They really activate each other. They do. I feel like there is a genuine friendship there somewhere. and. Just trying to get to it. Yeah, they go to a nook, don't they, to talk it out one on one. Hannah mm. and Lindsay chat in a corner. We didn't have a great winter, but I do want to have a good summer. Hannah, I have said that Lindsay can be scary. Lindsay, but what's scarier, Hannah? Me being direct or you you talking shit about someone? Hannah, you were a bitch to me, and so basically, yeah, Lindsay didn't like that Hannah called her a minion on a podcast. <laughs> No, no, she said she was treating Hannah like a minion and that really upset Lindsay. Um, I, yeah, I just can't see anyone not being on Lindsay's side with this. And I think that possibly something else might have happened that we're not privy to. Yeah, I think they probably like just don't like each other all that much. Like Lindsay probably is annoyed by Hannah. Hannah is much younger. And I think it was like a smart casting decision to take a bunch of like 24 year olds and put them in a house with a bunch of 34 year olds, because it's like, it's obviously just going to create that natural tension, um, which has been fun to watch. But yeah, I mean, I was team Lindsay in this argument. I'm like, don't go talk shit about me. And like, you're not with this person who cares, who cares who he makes out with. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, she, she says that she wasn't meddling with that. No, I don't think she was because um, even Danielle says that she was, she had a crush on Luke. So of course, you know, after a few drinks at a New Year's Eve party, she ended up making up with him. That was nothing to do with Lindsay. I completely agree with that. Um, But Lindsay says, Hannah apologizes and wants to start over, but jokes, but I'm going to talk more shit about you. And Lindsay does not find it funny. Lindsay says, so just add that to the folder I have. Make no mistake, Lindsay has a literal folder. Yeah. If she has a timeline for life, she also has a timeline of who's talked shit and when. And yeah, but yeah, I, I would not want to be on Lindsay's shit list. But I did just say I think they're real friends, but I've switched. I think they are their colleagues, their co-workers in this reality show that they do. And um yeah, so they're just bearing with each other, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there will be more headbutting between them, is my thought, this season. Bring it. Um, Luke then arrives with Sierra, and Sierra is a model slash nurse from Atlanta who's been working in critical care. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> the kind of thing where, like, everything this person says about themselves if I was Hannah, it would just be like I would melt further and further into the floor to where then I just like give up entirely. And like her approach to the Luke and Sierra of it all is to go 
above and beyond like welcoming Sierra into the house and like being like overly nice to her. And I was like, oh man, like she doesn't have, I always thought of her of having like more self-awareness than that, or like at least a better way to like play it cool. But when you're playing it so cool, you're then playing it absolutely hot. It's like not going to work. You would think, yeah, I like that playing it so cool. You're then playing it hard. But yeah, so <laughs> her boiling. approach is to, yeah, <laughs> is to, um, <laughs> get as close to the what is it um make your enemy your friend i'm so dumb keep your friends close and your your... enemies closer there we go and so hannah says to sierra um wait i have a question do you like do you like cats and again hannah has clearly done a full background check on this woman hannah has already seen these same photos that sierra is showing her because she's hacked into the mainframe probably even hired a private investigator because you absolutely would i mean i would i'd want to know even if i wasn't hannah i was another castmate i'd want to look up and see who this person i'm going to be sharing a house with oh my god i'd be having googled her gone through her entire instagram would have a history of like her entire like timeline from the last 10 years and then would already have the questions in my mind of like how i'm going to get to this person and like be their best friend that was just completely unsubtle to me. And I think, I hope Ciara just saw straight through that. But she played along with it. Oh, yeah, I've got a cat, Jasper. Here's my cat. Yeah, but a lot of things are unsubtle. Like when they are all sitting around, like having, they're either having dinner or something. They're talking about themselves somewhat. And like, they're like, tell us about yourself, Sierra. Like, uh, what's the deal? And she's like, well, yeah, I was working. Like I'm from Atlanta and then I was working as like a nurse in critical care. And then I got an assignment in Brooklyn. So I went there and then Kyle or someone is like impressed and they're like, you're a traveling nurse. And she's like, yeah, I mean, like I did what it had to be done. And then you just hear Hannah go, well, thank you so much for your care. <laughs> and I was just like, Hannah, well, no, stop. I have to say that Hannah actually says, no, thank you so much for sacrificing yourself. And I think that was, those words were chosen very carefully. She knows what she's doing. She's fucking with her. And, and when it, Ciara, Ciara tells the women that she's 24, Hannah says, oh God, when I was 24, I was so annoying. It's just these catty digs. I see exactly what she's doing. And I think, come on, women supporting women, let's not do this. Yeah, let's love when I was 24, I was so annoying. Isn't she like 29 now? Right. You can't like you can't have a reflective moment on your 20s until you're like firmly out of them is yeah. my rule that I think we should all just honor. It's very like she's reminding me a lot of like I just rewatched all of girls and she's giving me major like Hannah Horvath energy. Oh, my God. You're so right. You're so and great mm-hmm. idea to rewatch girls, by the way. Oh my God, if anyone listening, I'm telling you it's the best show to rewatch and because it really is, should have been, it's very bingeable and just like you can throw on and the episodes are shorter and then you really get, it's like so funny in the humor, but then you're also just like cringing. It has very like cringe elements that are, that feel like watching like a Bravo show or whatever. It doesn't shy away from those. It's been, it was, I just finished it over the weekend. It took me like a week to watch the whole thing or maybe two. And it was, it was a great revisit. And I love me some Shoshana. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah. All the, it was a great to be back in their world again. Yeah. I want Shosh. to get back in. 
yeah. So we find out the guys go sit by the fireplace and are all kind of like talking about sex and they're peppering Luke with some questions about Sierra and trying to figure out what his deal is with her. And he admits that he's into her. And then Stravi is like, did anyone have sex during quarantine? And which leads me to believe that maybe he and Lindsay just like stopped having sex altogether. And then Kyle's like, this dick is the bomb. And so he's clearly, I don't think he and Amanda ever stop having sex. Like I imagine them like hate fucking each other. 100%. Yeah, I think their sex life rages on. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... The night ends with Luke texting both Hannah and Sierra at the same time. And we realize this is going to be like the love triangle of the season, though it really just feels more like a love line between Luke and Sierra and then Hannah observing from the rafters. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. So Paige says to Hannah, um, guess he's just texted me. And then she says, the sparks are still there. Page in confessional. Well, I hope Hannah's right. <laughs> I just thought in that moment there was something about a confessional that just said, I need Paige to be a housewife. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I could totally see her being a housewife. I just don't think she even fits in the summer house. I think she's a housewife. She's really glam in a way that is like housewife glam. Like I loved seeing her get a U-Haul full of racks of clothing shipped to her and then carried down the stairs and setting up essentially like a fitting studio in their room. And that's when I, as if I were Hannah, I would have been like rooming with this person is a huge mistake because they're close. Like I'm now just in a studio and yeah. sleeping in a bed surrounded by someone else's shoes and clothes. Which would full be Mary little- Cosby. Yeah. It's very Mary Cosby. <laughs> and yeah, I'm I'm into Hannah or I'm into Paige and I felt I felt even inspired by like later on in the season you see like the way that she takes photos of herself with her like selfie ring tennis, light setup. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I work. She's out here, yeah. she's Instagramming. But I I just I could see her thriving in the housewife franchise. The way we've seen Dorit thrive and how now she's iconic and she does these photo shoots that make her late to the events but we stand her for that and mm-hmm. yeah so I can definitely see that in the future yeah I'm just like I'm into this house of the devil I feel like they're all gonna get sucked in in their own way I like that they're teasing us to believe that Lindsay and Luke hook up which I can yep. see absolutely happening um but in the trailer it even they sort of, I think, um, out themselves as that being a, a potential, you know, blue ball situation where nothing happens because they even, it's just like a peck on the cheek and a hug. And that mm-hmm. looks more like consoling, you know, like a friend has come and come to um, share something. So I just think that's <laughs> With also just invasive noises of like kissing and stuff. Oh, so actually, that's what. Yeah, that was the next part. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, so but I'm like, I love them just like piping in sex sounds wherever they feel like where they're appropriate. I mean, we all remember last season with Hannah, and that wasn't even sex. That was um, Luke went down on her, didn't he? Didn't yeah, um, Mm -hmm. she did not hold back. Which I'm also like, I respect a lot, and I'm here for her like general horniness, but I'm also like, why like. 
what are you waiting for? Like, I know there was a pandemic and stuff, so that really put like a pin in everyone's horniness. But I feel like if it was going to happen with Luke, it would have happened by now. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast, for talking about these summer house, summer house hell with me. The pleasure is all mine. I've had a great time. And uh, yeah, I can't believe I'm on on SUP right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm blessed to have you. We're blessed. The world is blessed to have you on Instagram, just like keeping the laws alive. So you're doing the Lord's work. Never stop. That's very kind, and I won't. I will not stop. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, tell everyone where they can follow you and find you if, if they don't know already. All right. Instagram is Jogun90. I've got my spin-off, Jogun TV. That's where I put the Danielle Staub stuff. And <laughs> uh, Twitter is Jogun. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, love and light. And until next time, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.